0: Uh oh, all right, we live.
1: What's good, Yo. everybody?
0: How y'all doing? Chilling, chilling, chilling.
1: Chillin'. You know the vibes,
0: yeah. Uh, we just got off a good, good episode crypto and real estate. I guess we gotta <laughs> do like a 2.0 version. The feedback yeah. was really good. I think, um, so a lot of so, some of my friends who listened to it said they really liked like how we, we did make it like a versus thing. And how we yeah, talked yeah, yeah. about talked about crypto, we talked about real estate, which is obviously what we dropped um, yesterday. So a lot of people haven't seen that yet, but the ones who did say that they liked, like, you know, making it practical. Um, mm-hmm. the, one recommendation I got from friends, we could talk about this later, was like, so we talked about like, okay, how to play with real estate. But mo- most of what we talked about was like, if you have like 10 grand, 20 grand, you have the money for down payment. But in reality, a lot of people don't have that bread so what are some realistic ways to raise money if you don't have 10 20k to start in the real estate game mm. and i thought it'd be interesting so we could talk about like wholesaling rental arbitrage the different ways to raise funds if you don't have those to get started into like buying and owning but we could talk about that in a different episodes but more, but anyways the feedback was good so i mean i I really like the idea of, okay, for those who don't have money, want to get started, what is a good, and don't necessarily have eye-earning jobs like, I mean, we do, what is a good way for them to sort of like raise funds and sort of like kickstart some sort of the things we spoke about? So I thought that was definitely something we should keep in the pipeline for the future. Yeah, but what are we definitely. talking about today, guys?
2: Um, if I mean, if take it off. So basically, this week, we're going to be talking about certain expectations or guidelines you should probably set for yourself coming out of school. Like, as soon as I graduate, what should I do to set myself up to generate wealth, to generate income, to have a high net worth? So that's basically what we're going to be talking about today.
0: Yeah, yeah. Now I I like this topic, too, because, you know, a lot of a lot of people don't um, think about like planning and stacking till like in their, in their thirties. And even for a lot of us, in fact, I'll say a lot of us who sometimes earning a high salary straight out of college could be a trap too. A lot of us get very comfortable and I'm not to dog. I mean, earning six figures is admirable. Like if you are young in your early twenties, especially if you're black in a country like USA, but the mistake people make is they don't realize quickly how, your $120, $130,000 salary as a young single person with no kids and no responsibilities, that's a good chunk. Right.
1: Yeah. But people
0: don't realize how that could easily quickly become, I don't want to say nothing because I'll be condescending and dismissive of the reality of a lot of Americans, which is yeah. the average family income is not up to that, but you definitely won't be, let me just say it this way. You definitely won't be able to have the same expendable income and live the same lifestyle you would as a single person versus if you are sustaining a household or family or, or responsibility or dependents with that yeah. income. And let we be real. For those of us in corporate America, we know the, the um, salary increase rate is so abysmal. Like we're talking yeah. 3%, 4% a year. If you get a promotion, maybe 8%. If you switch jobs, that's where you get the good chunk. But Mm. most times, a lot of these companies are giving you just enough raise to keep up with the rate of inflation. So, you know, you really have to start thinking about things like additional income, saving, investing, dollar cost averaging, leveraging compounding interest, and things like that to really, like, grow your net worth so you can continue to sustain the lifestyle you wish. But that's just something I wanted to just preface this conversation with. But I'll leave the floor open to you, Phil. What, what, What is your views on this topic?
2: So basically, I'm just going to go back to in 20, when did I graduate? 2018, right? I remember 2018, 2017. I was in Nigeria, but like I was born here, so I had a Robin Hood. And I was like, man, I really didn't know anything about stocks or things. Then I was like, I really don't care. And I, I don't remember, I cannot remember what the price of Bitcoin was then. I think Bitcoin just spiked and then it had its massive fall off. And like, mm-hmm. I'm just remembering at those times, if, if I had known that, okay, I could just invest everything I make, like, you know, in Nigeria, you're not even making a lot, but like, if you just take a chunk of that and save it or just buy this or buy this asset or buy this stock or buy yeah. this Forex mm-hmm. pair or buy something, you could set yourself up for the next five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 years, right? Mm-hmm, and it's like mm-hmm. coming here. I learned so much, and like I'm on David's Patreon, so I learned a lot. Like I learned about IULs, Roth IRAs. So those are important things. Like I did not know what a Roth IRA was before 2019.
1: Mm-hmm. I did not even know
2: what the IUL was before I met David. So it's like those are mm-hmm. things that are very important. Like mm-hmm. we live in a society where you could be making 200k. 200k comes with 200k of expenses. I really don't <laughs> care what anybody says that you live the same frugal lifestyle on average you're not on average a normal person is not gonna live the same lifestyle if they double their income right sure. so like and now imagine like I'm not trying to put this out there' as like you know gender wars but guys guys in the typical day and age are expected to like you know provide for their their woman provide for their wife provide for their children and all that so like there's just a lot of stuff you got to take care of early because in the future, you don't want to be in a position yeah. where you're like, Oh, I should have planned out earlier. I should have did this earlier. And it's very essential.
1: Yeah. Um, so I'll take you back to the basics. Um, like coming out of college, right? I mm-hmm. didn't know how to I definitely didn't know how to save. <laughs> so like I was just spending. So pretty much like coming out, make sure things like budgeting. You should like get that down packed real quick. Um, figure out mm-hmm. your budge- budget budget. Um Things like um, making money on the side, like um OC said, like David said, like try to make money on things you, like just side hustles. Like you might, like, you know how we are when we come out of college because we're always like, we got this vision in our head and we're just going, going with it. Like it could go well for a while. You never know what happens. Just figure out like certain ways to make money on the side with things you have. Um, things like figuring out how to use credit cards. I never knew how to use that. I remember people telling me in college, yo, you need to get this. Coming from Nigeria, you never, my dad was like, Debt is bad for you. Think like it's obviously bad mm-hmm. for you. Mm-hmm. So, like, my mindset was like, yo, I'm not getting no credit card till I get out of college. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I always used to be scared of um, getting a credit card or like, I don't know where this money is coming from. I'm just getting free money. And that was my mindset. So, I had to learn about that. um much things like that credit card budgeting, learning how to save like i'm not saying leave me be below your means but figure it out like find the balance to like where you could um like you could invest for your future and still enjoy your life right now so yeah those are like the things like yeah, um, big facts no yeah. I, I
0: think i think you know contrary i think when you're first starting off until you start um building investment funds i actually a thousand percent push for living below your means. Um, Mm -hmm. People don't even know this. Like um, when I first started off, I was making a very nice salary. I wasn't making six figures here straight out of college, but I was making, you know, my total compensation when you consider my base salary bonuses and other cash compensation I received. It was very close to it, but I still lived in a um, pretty small apartment starting out of college. was only $920 dollars this was back in 2017 it was only 920 dollars a month i could have lived right in the heart of downtown Greenville. i lived in greenville south carolina but i lived in a suburb so i intentionally mm-hmm. lived in a suburb called simpsonville and uh part of the reason why i did that also was because it was very close to my job i could mm-hmm. have lived in downtown greenville in a very nice apartment penthouse skyrise um would have only been 18 19 minutes away from my job by drive really? And that would have only cost me $1,600 a month. And I very well could afford that as rent. And I'll talk about a little bit how you can determine what you can afford as I'll talk about sure. now and budgeting as rent. But I could very well afford that as rent easily. But I chose yeah. to pay close to half that because I'm like, okay, I will live closer to work. I would, granted, it's not as nice as a very nice skyrise service apartment, yeah. but it does the job. And so I actually pushed for a living below your means. And here's why. Um, so I believe in something called the uh, – so obviously, we've heard about the 50-30-20 rule. Um, mm-hmm. If you don't know what that is, look it up. But for young people, actually push it a bit. I say, okay, your needs – if you're young, no kids, no family, starting out of college, um, your it should not be 50-30-20. Actually push for – of your disposable income, your take-home pay, actually say it should be 40-35. Um, that puts it at 75-25 rule. So 40 35 um, 40, 35, 25 rule. And here's why. Because I feel like um, while you're young, single, you have more room to play with your finances. You have more flex, if you will. And you should be focusing more on saving slash investing. Now, let's break what that is. 40% goes towards your needs. Your needs are your recurring expenses. These are things that um, you just have to take care of. They're, they're, not, they're non-negotiable. So like your rent will fall under your needs. So we just talked about what you can afford. So when you look at your take-home pay, you look at forty percent. The first thing you want to so you, you just remember you have forty percent of your take-home pay to play with. For so let's just look at a typical example where your take-home pay is four thousand dollars a month, right? Um, that that's so four thousand dollars a month. Forty percent of that is sixteen hundred dollars, right? And so yeah. if you have sixteen hundred dollars, I'll say the first thing you have to ask yourself so of that sixteen hundred things I'll ask you: Do you have any student loan debt? right? So if you have student loan debt, the first thing I want to ask you is, okay, what is your student loan debt? And what is the monthly payment you have to make on your student loan debt? So if you tell me you have student loan debt and your monthly payment you have to make on student loan debt is $300, I'll subtract that from the $1,600. That leaves you with $1,300. And I'll ask mm. you, do you have any car notes? Do you have any other form of debt? So if you don't have any other form of debt, but you, maybe you have a car note, your car note is $200, I'll say $1,300 minus $200, $1,100. If you tell me you have no other debt, so basically your your, your debt really will be your car notes and your student loans, which happens to be the case for most people coming out of college. I'll say $1,100 is what you can afford then for living expenses, living expenses being rents and utilities. And yeah. so when you, consider, when you consider that, I tell people this is how you are strategically like positioning yourself to make sure you're living within a means and within a um, good budget to make sure that you're not playing yourself down the road such so that you don't have enough expendable income to save. So now yeah. that is how you determine what realistically you can afford as rent. Now, if you can afford to get somewhere, what your living expenses will even be 900 yes. rather than the $1,100. i will say that extra $200 your savings, um, your saving, throw it into your savings, right? And then wants is 25%. Now, wants is obviously, I don't believe in like not enjoying yourself. Have fun, go for the happy hours, have fun. But remember, okay, if your income is $4,000.
1: Let's don't get cut up. <laughs> with uh yeah like, don't get cut of right
2: yeah you can get if cut up it's 4
0: four thousand, twenty five 25 of that you have a thousand dollars a month to play with so don't be out here doing more than that and i will say even though you're saving towards something so let's say you know for instance my birthday is in june and i know i want to go on this really nice boat trip and i know it's going to cost me three thousand dollars just know that it's going to you have to save three months worth of your wants towards that so it's not eating towards your savings or your emergency savings and within all this, the 35% should go towards building your emergency savings. And what is your emergency savings? Mm-hmm. Realistically, that is, if you're in a stable job, I will consider computer science, Joe, um, actuar- actu- uh, actuarial math, mathematician like I myself, an engineer. I'll say those are pretty stable incomes. We're in the STEM field. Mm-hmm. Pretty stable, right? If we get laid off today, chances are you could probably find another job in three to six months. Hence, mm-hmm. why I say for your emergency savings, you want three to six months worth of your living expenses and recurring debt. And so that's basically the 40% in your budget. So that 40%, if you budget properly, you want three to six months worth of that. And if you're a business owner like myself, so you have to also factor in like money to sustain your business. For instance, I own rental properties. I'll say, okay, my mortgages and other bills for my rental properties, I also want three to six months of that. So all of that will fall under um, my quote-unquote emergency savings and mm-hmm. then once you build your emergency savings that 35 percent that you've typically would go towards savings you can then start leveraging that towards being something I call unit cost averaging and so you or dollar cost averaging depending on even the USA obviously it's called dollar cost averaging and so you DCA DCA dollar cost average DCA into like investments and so that's where you start talking about Um, what investments are there? Cryptocurrency stocks, um, even like DCA into like even your rental properties in terms of like putting down more towards um, paying extra towards the principal. If you have a mortgage and, you know, building your equity there even quicker. And so there are different ways you can play with it and diversify your portfolio. And, you know, these are part of things I do as a finance consultant, but you know, it's, people don't realize this, finances is a lot more intentional. A lot of, so the mistake I, yeah. I do is I, I talk to a lot of kids, let me not call them kids, but adults graduating college. Kids. Like I just, I just had one dude, I just <laughs> had one dude, I'm concerned, I'm console- I, I, I apologize, they're not kids, but I just had one dude and, you know, he did the best thing because he, he literally said he's been following me, which is crazy. He, he said he's been following me since last year, May, since mm. I launched the Easy Finances page. And he mm-hmm. said he's been, telling, he's been telling himself, if this was when I was even posting my threads and shit on Twitter, he said he's been telling himself that the day he graduates and gets his starting, and starts working and gets his, like, job and his starts earning salary, the first thing he's going to do is set up a one-to-one with me to plan his finances. Because he's seen a lot of his friends who started, and they've just all admitted, like, you know, have you ever been in that position where you look back, you look at how much you've earned in the past, year? and you're like, dang, where did all my money go? Like oh, he said, yeah, he doesn't want to be in that position. And that's, that's exactly,
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: so he literally, he literally, he literally said that that was the first thing he promised us I was going to do. And literally he did it. He signed up for the Patreon. We set up a consultation. We even set up an extra finance consultation. And we talked about like, literally, this is how you're going to plan your finances. Now, obviously it's up to him to execute, but I really mm. respected that. Cause I'm just like, that's a, that's a, that's a dude who knows exactly the concept that finances are very intentional. And one mm. people the more, as soon, the quicker people realize that this is intentional and really you're the master of your finances. Obviously, there's a lot more into play. There are external factors. I'm well aware of that. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. I'm not not I'm not I'm so non-empathetic why, why I don't understand that. There are external finances, um, factors and times where life just deals you a bad hand. But for the most part, for a lot of people that have consulted, a lot of times like you're the master of your finances and if you don't understand that you lack that intentionality in terms of knowing exactly where your money's going before it even arrives, you're probably in a bad position. So that's just yeah, something that, to think about. So I'm just giving a synopsis. That's that
2: facts. Because even yeah. um, with myself, like, I have this Excel sheet that's, like, right now it's, like, 10 pages where I track my trade, I track my budgeting, I track my – like, I've actually been working on this budget for, like, three weeks now because I'm doing it percentage-wise, right, where I know I want to entertain me. I know I want to go out. And I, I'm doing exactly the same thing you're doing. I'm doing the 40, what did you say, 40? I think I did 40, but I think for me, 35%.
0: 40, 40
2: to, 35, 25. Yeah, yeah, 35% of my money is going towards investments, 40 for necessities. And then mm-hmm. I've done like my budget so far and I sit down 14% over what I'm supposed to be projectively making. And I'm like, okay, now I got to find out how I'm going to cut other things out <laughs> without cutting my savings and investments. So that's like something you got to, take seriously because yeah it is not it, it's not as easy as people think it is. There's like no. the average American is how much dollars in debt? Maybe ten thousand, twenty thousand dollars in debt? Like it it is not people just assume I, I, that I'll, a high paying job means you you have stacks people like us yeah. were 50 million dollars in debt like a couple years ago so you got to right. take it right. like
0: seriously crazy thing i was looking at forbes the other day because you know I'm, i've been really big on preaching those who follow me on twitter knows i've been big on preaching like young people please start tracking your network now i'm saying okay the average 25 year old what is, what is their net worth and i saw that the average 25 year old in america their net worth is actually negative
2: yeah you know? i saw like, that.
0: They, they can't believe that the average 25 year old their net worth is actually negative which is crazy to me because i'm just like down
2: That's That's insane. That's that's really insane because. I believe that because student loans, student loans take up. I mean, that's (laughs) facts. Yeah. I feel that. I'm good,
1: man. (laughs) Student loans. I I
2: have student loans, so I can tell you that it is. If you're going to, and this is another advice. If you just graduated from college, that first two years of your life, think about paying your student loans off. Just think about it. Like, for instance, I, I told you about I'm getting the house. I'm trying to get right. So my student loans are currently twenty three four hundred. Right.
0: Mm-hmm. That's so, not even that bad, bro. Yeah, <laughs> it's not a lot bad, of what actually, I heard.
2: Yeah. It's not that bad. It, it might
0: even get forgiven soon under Biden.
2: <laughs> I hope so. So I was talking I to the mortgage that. lender, and she was like, "Okay." She's calculating my um, DTI. You know, mortgage DTI. She's like, "Okay, yeah. we're gonna use ten percent of your student loans," and I'm like. First of all my student loan payments are 150 dollars I plan on paying my student loans like in one year anyways because
1: uh-huh. let me just
2: say realistically two years let's say two years because you know uh-huh. things come you know things come and go you have to enjoy your life right so yeah uh-huh. so I'm like just imagine what 250 dollars can do to your buying power when you're trying to get a house and people uh-huh. have ninety thousand dollars of student uh-huh. loans so imagine they're gonna take ten percent of that and they're like okay your DTI, I mean, you have $900 of debt canceled out from your buying power. I'm like, wow. Imagine if, no, like, yeah. without that, you you can't, at that point in time, if you're only making, like, 60, 70K, you're, you basically can't do anything. So it's yeah, like, you got to be very yeah. intentional.
1: Yeah, um, let,
2: let, I'm going to give a, uh,
1: Javier, real quick to what yeah. you said about the, uh, because, like I said, someone like me, I'm not good with money. Like, I just knew how to spend money. And things like, little things like, thank God for the friends I have. Shout out to you, You get what I'm saying? Getting in that, like, hanging around with the right people to helps you get in that mind frame. Where where you don't have to. You know what I'm saying? I was intentional trying to be friends with David because I was seeing all he was doing, all he was talking about. And I was like, okay, I like this talk. Because if I was on my own, I'm not going to lie to you. When you see that money in your account, is a
2: Oh, you just exactly. see
1: it and you're n- you're not intentional about it you just see it and you're just like yeah i want this i want that that's how my brain works i'm just going shopping mm-hmm. real quick so like um you have to be intentional like david said figure out your budget yeah, um, yeah. and like with the with the um when it comes to like the budgeting because i use the 50 30 20 right i use like the mm-hmm. normal template um mm-hmm. a question i had was with the savings because i used to i didn't understand like your emergency fund invested do you get your emergency fund out of the way first yeah then bigger thousand out percent investing?
0: thousand okay. percent I and mean, you, you hear some wild shit like even people like oh don't worry about emergency fund put your emergency funds in the stock market I'm like bullshit don't mm-hmm. do that that's why you like,
1: see
0: <laughs> I'm like don't do that because I'm just like I really hate when people do that because I'm just like it really shows me when when you say that or automatically assume you only started investing in 2020 then it's bull mm. right people have never I have I have been in that 2017 chop where the uh, pull, people the who pool, were yeah, trading that Nova, the pullback was insane. Like, see, you don't want to be caught where your emergency fund, something happens. Life really happens. You could literally be in a car crash one day, God forbid you survive, mm. have to handle certain bills. You all of a sudden you need like to pull out $8,000 and you don't mm. want to be in the case where the market um, corrects 30%. And your fifteen, sixteen thousand dollars emergency fund is all of a sudden like I don't 9K. know nine k or some shit. Not, not, maybe hmm. not even that much, but maybe like twelve k. And then you don't have enough time to recover the money back because obviously you you need the money right now. Like no, like there are In fact, I am more. I am more. You wanna you wanna be risky a little bit with emergency funds. I am more open to buying stable coins, cryptocurrency, because some of the interests on these stable coins are ridiculous. Like. Binance, USD, like if you don't understand stable coins, you probably don't even need to listen to what I'm saying right now. But for those mm-hmm. who are turned enough in cryptocurrency, understand what I mean by stable coins. Stable coins are like pretty much, um, they're backed by something. But like for instance, BUSD USD, Tata, too. USD coin, these are, these are all stable coins, cryptocurrencies. So they follow the US dollar. Binance, USD has an APR right now of 60.1%. Mm-hmm. There's, there is risk. These are not FDIC insured. There is risk mm-hmm. associated with them. But at least it's, I'll say that is even more less risky than compared to putting in the stock market. I'm even more open to that. Although I don't even do it. Even I'm being honest with you. I don't do it. In fact, the only ones I would recommend that is I'll say is reasonable risk is USD coin or USD theta, because there's just so much billions of dollars back in it that I'm like your 20, mm-hmm. $30,000 emergency um, funds. is Fine. not, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be shaking about that. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So anyways, going back to, so going back to this, I'll say yes, Absolutely build your emergency savings first and then start investing. And because people don't even realize when you have the emergency savings, so if you say, okay, these are six months worth of my um, living expenses, right? And obviously that gives you, a, that puts you in a better frame of mind to even branch out and do other investments. You get mm, what I'm saying?
2: Yeah.
1: Like you that allows like more, you- You could take more risk.
0: You can take yeah. more risk. And if people don't realize, it's a psychological thing. They're like, you know, I'm comfortable doing this. I'm comfortable doing that. And you know, I, I strongly believe that while you're young this is the time to take risks so yeah absolutely a thousand percent that i am all for that but you know let's talk about something you talked about you talked about debt and i'll say this is something that i I want nigerians listening to understand i had this conversation with one of my big cousins Mm -hmm. in charlotte he um went to an MBA school he got student loan debt he has a house he's focusing solely on there's nothing wrong with that like listen I I am not opposed to the no debt mentality. That's I call that the Dave Ramsey mentality. There's nothing wrong with it, but especially if you know you don't have the discipline. But I'll say I'm against certain type of debt. Let me let me preface this by saying I'm against like car notes. I'm against like um, credit card debt. I think these are debts you should absolutely avoid, in my opinion, because these are non-cash flowing debt. I spoke about this on my Patreon. Any debt that my principle is this any debt that I cannot cash flow. I don't want it. So, mm. if I'm going to take a car note, my question is is this going to be something I will put on Turo or is this something I'll put on like plan on renting to cash flow? If mm. it's a personal car, I don't want it because I'm like, my principle is can I cash flow this? What is my rate on return on this debt that I'm taking? Yeah. And that's why I'm this similar to mortgage. That's why I have to talk about the cash on cash return. Again, when I take this mortgage on this rental property, this is what my monthly payments would be. My goal is to reduce that monthly payments as much as I can, which is why I typically like to take the 30-year loans versus the 15 years, lower the interest rates as much as I can. And then my question is, okay, what's the cash-to-cash return? Like, is the return on this investment worth it? Like, is it going to be such that I can make enough bread on this to obviously pay off, one, the debt payments, which is the cost of the mortgage
2: yeah. or the
0: cost of the rental, and get enough like cash flow and returns on the investments? And so it's it's something. It's called, it's called understanding leverage because it's something that a lot, even the wealthiest of Americans utilize this. And I want a, yeah. Nigerians in America to understand this. The wealthiest of Americans utilize this. The wealthiest of Americans are always looking for ways to use other people's money, whether it's the bank's money, your money, other people's money. If they can access avoid using their capital. personal money, access to capital. Thank you, Joe and so like i know we come from a society where cash is king and i know for a lot of uh, um people the idea is like n- sometimes I, I think sometimes i do agree with the mentality like you know tell your college tell your college folks not to have a credit card because sometimes college people are just irresponsible
1: like that might have been irresponsible <laughs> If I had been in college, I promise
0: you. I probably would have been irresponsible. I get that. But just understand that, especially if you're graduating, that's another tip. When mm. you're graduating, you need to be responsible. I have a credit card. I use mm. my credit card. First, first of all, I like the I like the returns. I use my Delta Sky Miles. I even like get I even upgrade because I the the bonus the the, free don't travel. sleep. Oh my god, do not sleep. I don't even like look for things to, like, boost my miles. No, I just use my card for regular expenses, everyday expenses. Even when I go to a bar, I use it to buy a drink. And, like, bro, like, the way, like, every every three, four months, I've accumulated enough miles to get a free trip. Basically. Yeah. Especially when yeah, you have these yeah. boosts and you upgrade. So, like, don't sleep on that. I love that. But my mentality with credit card is always this. I do not spend money I don't have in the checking. So, basically, every week, sometimes before it used to be at the end of the, each month, but now it's every week. I literally... Look at all my expenses, I tally them, and then on Saturdays, I pay it off for my checking, move it. So I do not ever use my credit card. So I have like over $20,000 limits on my credit card, but I'm not out here spending to oh, max out 20. my credit card. I spend, I spend what is within the budget. Within that 25%, mm. 40, 35, 25 I spend what's within the budget.
2: Mm. And so people need to just get, and I will say that, build that discipline. Expensive. Because, like, do we live in a day and yeah. age where people, it's like, this is another thing I just want to mention. Like, when you come out of college, the average college student is, you don't have money. So, like, mm-hmm. yeah. you don't need, like, we we know fashion is this, and you want to do that, you want to do this. You can't be up here buying $500 sneakers when you're not even, your normal income, like, you don't, you don't have that that bandwidth you feel me
1: bro that goes back to get the right friends that's all i'm saying getting the right good friends (laughs) because can i tell y'all something can i tell y'all something
0: crazy
2: yeah
0: i own the most clothes and designer shit when i was the brokest
2: facts hey man david
0: you know you got those
2: um what's what the name of those slides again bro I, you know bro, I always say, bro, people, people. Listen, are, like, listen, when, listen. When you the have, Google, when you have Gucci the slides, you don't you don't call them slides. You say, my Gucci slides. You don't I'm say my t- slides. <laughs> <laughs> my bro, Gucci slides. Okay, listen, listen. Okay, don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me
0: wrong. I, I want to be clear about something. You might see me one or two designer items. You might see me with, especially I like watches. You might see me with a nice timepiece. And, you know, I might splurge every now and then, but I'm telling you guys, like, even now, when I look at how much I spent on fashion items, like now, in the past mm. year, compared to what I spent in 2017. In 2017, like, I, don't get me wrong, I could afford it. Again, it was within the budget once, it was within 25 I could afford it. But mm. I was spending a lot of my extra cash on like designer stuff. Like I wanted like this new belt, this new shoe, this new that, this new that, this new that. And the mm. crazy thing is like now, like most times, if I have free cash, I'm already looking at putting it towards extra investments, um, p- investing in this, investing in that, diversifying something, or just gifting it
2: mm. to oh, yeah, family, friends, loved ones. That's that's and important because, so, like, I'm yeah. working on my budget right now, and I realize that you like we all we have our baskets, we have our needs, we have our wants, entertainment fees people forget that there are unforeseen expenses. Like Christmas will come yeah. around or maybe you'll yeah. get a wife or I said, wife, get a girlfriend or, you know, blah, 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 go on a date. Right. You said what about you? No, I'm cool. I'm cool. But then you forget that. Okay. Let's say my entertainment expenses is 500, 600 every month. And you're spending that every single month. When Christmas comes around, you got like, like me, I put it into my budget that I need like an entrance, like a, entertainment or miscellaneous savings so like even if it's a hundred dollars a month save that because you don't know there might be a day your friend just randomly says oh let's go out and like oh i didn't budget for that blah 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 you don't want to be in that particular case but you don't want to be in the case where you're also caught up so it's mm-hmm. like certain things like that don't just spend all your money keep like i don't know entertainment savings yeah, if that it makes sense, sense. Yeah. yeah no and-
1: intentional about every single detail all right and
0: let me clear this, I'm not saying, if your thing is designer, I'm not saying don't, like, I'm not even going to sit here and tell you, like, you should not have your and knees. but I'm just saying, like, it's crazy to me how, like, when I think about that, though, okay, let me, let me put it this way. I was more worried about being perceived, and I wasn't, I rude. was again, again, I was, I, I thought for a young dude out of college, I was doing pretty well, but I was more worried about being perceived as having a bag mm. when i was at my again by net worth when i was on my brookest compared to now like no nah, i don't give i don't
1: give a shit i don't give a bro, shit you can stay with the stay with the white tees bro that's all i'm gonna tell you stay bro no i literally see if those every time i go <laughs> out i, I
0: always <laughs> wear my black tee, bro i always wear my black exactly. tee. i don't give do a shit
1: bro you might
0: again. You might see me with a Gucci slide every now and then, but that's okay. I mean, you might I sometimes got to yeah, splurge, yeah. but yeah, I don't. I don't give a shit about all those things. But going back to the topic, though, I think like for for if, if I was a young dude, young lady coming out of college,
1: yeah,
0: your focus is. For, let, let's talk about four hundred one k's. If you could get a Roth 401k, I absolutely recommend that. Especially if you think, one, your salary will progress over time. And two, I am willing to bet that, obviously, we, I've talked about this on my Twitter page. Why you probably want to, as a young person, go for a Roth 401k than a traditional 401k is because a Roth 401k, I believe that, obviously, taxes, especially with inflation, yeah, taxes will definitely tax rate will definitely go up over time in the long run. So you're probably better off. And I did like a mathematical scenario to like do the match just where you see so yeah roth 401k if you can if you cannot if you don't have the option of a roth 401k obviously you want to capture the max for your company's match and then you contribute the rest to a roth ira eventually you might not longer be eligible for a roth ira like i am now and so what you want to do then is start looking at building your own personal investment portfolio mm-hmm. and i talk about that on the patreon
2: and, um, but I thought there were like back doors for the Roth IRA, like if you contribute to a four, um, Roth 401k, you can always roll it over, or some, something like that. No, there. Yes, but um, how?
0: I've 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 kind of details. I know, like you can't directly contribute to the Roth IRA once you hit a certain income limit. Yeah. So the, There's there's the limits on those, but um, yeah. I mean, but I think Roth 401k is separate, though. You can always. I mean, obviously, there's a limit you can contribute, but a Roth 401k is, follows the same rules as a Roth, um, uh, as a traditional 401k. Um, yeah, and then regarding that, I'll say, yeah, the, the main focus is, I know they'll tell you, max your 401k. I mean, I've always been a believer on, I max the match. Reason why is, I believe... Th- thinking in terms of opportunity cost again. Always, when you start investing, you always start thinking in terms of opportunity cost. Opportunity cost is basically the next best investments. And so basically when I look at the 401k, I always ask myself, okay, if I decide to max my 401k put this extra beyond my company's match towards the 401k, do I feel like there's other investment opportunities where I know I'll beat the returns on the 401k or the mutual funds or the blended funds in the 401k? which are averaging like 12, 13% a year? And the chances are, the, the, the answer typically is yes, I feel like I could beat that. And so that's why I personally don't. If you don't have any other investment avenues right now that you're working on, obviously by all means max it, but if you know that there are other things that you could do that you feel like you could beat the returns, again, concept of opportunity cost, you definitely want to do that. Look at the 40, 35, 25 rule. Build, we're probably gonna wrap up here now because I don't want this to be extended, but yeah. build build your emergency funds, start investing, start dollar cost averaging, understand compounding interests, understand why that is in your favor now as a young 20-something year old versus if you're in like your 30s, 40s, because time is in your favor. So compounding interest in your favor. And also look at other investment vehicles like the IUL, index Universal Life Insurance. We we'll talk probably talk about this on a separate episode. Yeah, but like,
2: episode, these are a other ways you can...
0: This is a, that's a very, that's a huge way to build wealth. Life life insurance, it's a huge way mm. to build wealth. A lot of people, a lot of, especially black people, a lot of us, even in Nigeria too, a lot of us, our parents die. Unfortunately, we don't have things like life insurance um, policies that have been set up where there's a huge payout. And then you just don't have to worry about a lot of stuff. But IULs is like um, indexing universal life insurance. You don't just have the life insurance policy, but you're also accumulating value within your life insurance over time. Like for instance, I have an IUL set up and basically the way it works is it's a half a million dollar IUL. And in 40 years, so when I'm in my mid 60s, it's supposed to have close to 600 and I'm, I'm only paying $300 a month for it. But in 40 years, it's supposed to have close to $600,000 value built up. So I have $600,000 accumulated value within the policy, half a million dollars, within, which is the policy um, premium itself. And so if I die at the age of 65, for instance, my beneficiaries will have close to $1.1 $1. 1. 1 million just paid out yeah, just yeah, because...
2: Yeah, David, can I be a beneficiary?
0: <laughs> nigga, shut up. But just because, <laughs> but, but this, this is an example of building wealth just because of something I did and I was paying monthly throughout the course of my life. And God forbid, obviously I hope I live longer, but this is just something that, and then there's also the concept of I can flip it towards where my beneficiary actually becomes an estate. And so it becomes an estate that i avoid something something call estate taxes here in the USA. And then if, if I do that, I can also flip it to become um, even a, what do you call those things? Trust fund. So you've got a yeah. trust fund where the beneficiaries is in estate. So you've got a trust fund towards an estate. And basically, I don't only avoid estate taxes. It's also, I can now control like payouts towards like the beneficiaries. And then it's like, imagine if, imagine if you find, God forbid, your grandparents die today and you realize, oh, your grandparents have a $1.2 million trust fund that has been set up for you and your siblings. And basically, you guys now all of a sudden are receiving like a $6,000. Seven thousand dollar check monthly for the next twenty five to thirty years. Hmm. Like, imagine how much of a difference that makes. Like, an extra six, seven thousand dollars a year right. that you're just getting.
2: Nice.
0: That is, that yeah. is, that is, that is what white people do. Knowledgeable white people in careers. That's what a lot of executives. A lot of executives in top companies, like 3M, for instance. A lot of the executives receive payouts in terms of life insurance and IULs. I've spoken about this on my Patreon. And people, people just don't know about this. And it's crazy because people, people don't understand the different financial vehicles and wheels just to your disposal. We can also talk about annuities. But again, there's no time for that. So, no time yeah. for that. Okay. Yeah. That's another, that's no another episode.
2: That's awesome, say let's, say let's wrap up. To my college students, like I saw this quote on Instagram yesterday and it resonated, resonated with me. If you didn't come from a wealthy family, make sure a wealthy family comes from you. Big facts. Big you, right
0: there and uh, let me add to that make sure a wealthy family comes from you and you should be more aggressive in your pursuit to be knowledgeable about a lot of financial topics and financial vehicles because a lot of wealthy people they already know this like they were they, they grew up in this so they don't they know a lot of this information but think about how behind you are because you don't
1: so, yeah, so that's, uh, get good get, get, get good friends friends that argument things you don't know. So you be good. <laughs> Facts. All
0: right, man. man well, let's, let's with that. That's another episode of Finance Vibes. We today we're just talking dang, about dang, dang, things, dang. things. Things we knew as you know,
1: fresh college grads, and hopefully Wish this was helpful. Knew.
0: And
2: I'll be easy. Yeah. All right, man. Be easy, bro. Be safe, everybody. Yeah.